If you've listened to any of these episodes, you know that I, I like to draw some inspiration from people who have made observations and have been credited with poignant quotes, poignant sayings. I guess it's only fair to acknowledge that, you know, it's the internet, so who knows for sure. <laughs> but for this episode, I was drawn to something that Nelson Mandela was credited as saying, the greatest glory in living lies not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. This week's episode is an, a sort of a compilation of an event that I was a part of last week. I joined five life coaches under the theme, the umbrella of what stops you. And I'm the first to acknowledge that as a photographer, it didn't seem like I belonged amongst five coaches. At first, I just wanted to be the moderator. I just wanted to be a part of it. But then as I thought about what I do and how and why I work with the women I work with, I realized that it sort of transcends what you would consider to be traditional portraiture. At least that's how it feels for me. In working with all of these women under that question of what stops you, it was three days, two, day, two hours each day, and two topics each day. What stops you from feeling comfortable in your own body? What stops you from being productive in a way that you can really feel good about, from feeling at ease, from making money, from being seen, and from being confident. The following are excerpts from those days. I want to share with you just little tidbits, kind of as teasers, because what I would like for you is to be able to enjoy all of the sessions. If after listening to these segments, you want to know more, please go to the link, register, and you will get access to all of the sessions. And by all means, share. First up, we're going to listen to Deb Arthur. She is a fitness trainer as you listen to her. And she takes you through just one of the processes, the experiences that she gave us. Think of how often we as a society emphasize strength and fitness, but it's so seldom whole being wellness. So anyway, enjoy Deb. Um, basically, the perspective I've come from, I mean, I've been in the world of fitness and wellness for a long time, but my perspective has come to a place of understanding and teaching how the brain, the nervous system, and the body are fully integrated and connected. What happens in our movement patterns is our movement patterns become our habits and our norms and they become subconscious. So when we're walking down the street, we're not really thinking about what we're doing. We just, we just do what is normal and a habit for us, for example. So these habits of movement are imprinted in our brain and when we move, we move within these imprints. They have become our norm. In order to feel more comfortable, more at ease, even more powerful in our movements, it helps to explore, understand these patterns, and even create more patterns and options for ourselves. And what I call, I call it sensing awareness. And we develop this sensing awareness through our muscle awareness, our movement awareness, and exploring our options. Um, 
And ultimately, I believe that in doing this, we can live our lives from a whole body perspective, which is very powerful. What we're going to do now is what I really creatively call foot exercises. But what we're doing is we're going to sense the pressure changes in the bottoms of your feet. If you need to hold on to something, please do. Okay. So what we're going to start with is shifting weight up into the balls of your feet and your toes. It's not a big lift. It's just a small lift. And what we're focused on is what's the sensation of shifting our weight into the balls of our feet and our toes. Just a small lift with the heels. And we'll do about 10 of those. So really focusing on sensing that shift into the balls of your feet. Slow and easy and mindfully shift the weight into the balls of your feet. Now we're going to shift the weight into your heels. So it's just a small raise of the toes slightly. This is the place where sometimes people want to hold on. But again, we're doing this 10 times and it's just a, a shift of the weight into the heels. Really focused on what that feels like in the bottoms of your feet to shift your weight into your heels. So lifting those toes off the floor gently, shifting the weight into your heels. Okay, the next one is a side to side. So you're gonna be, let's say on the right foot, outside of the right foot, you're just turning inside of the left and then outside of the left, inside of the right. And what with this one, you wanna really feel like you're coming from the feet. Sometimes people wanna move their shoulders to move their feet. Let your feet move your shoulders. So shift inside to outside, outside to inside, and let your body follow, but initiate the movement from the feet, from the ankles. And feel how that weight shifts from the outside of one foot and inside of the other to the outside of the other, inside of the other. And we're gonna do 10 times side to side. Just as you know what eversion inversion is? That's what we're doing, but it's just a gentle shifting of the feet. Okay, and after you've done about 10 of those to each side, now we're gonna do a circular pattern. So basically outlining the perimeter of each of your feet, you're gonna go five clockwise, five counterclockwise. So the weight shifts into the balls of your feet, outside, inside, heels, inside, outside, basically doing a clock. You know, like you're outlining your foot, you're going around. Feel that weight shift. Really focus on that weight shift that moves from the balls of the feet, outside, inside, heels, inside, outside, and around you go. And do about five in one direction and five in the other. And you may need to slow it down. You may feel like it's not smooth. And it will get smooth if you practice this. But so slowing it down will help you with the pattern. You're gonna go five in one direction and five in the other. Take your time, but if you have finished, now is your opportunity to mindfully, slowly walk again. Take your time, notice how it feels to walk now. And I'll just leave you with this thought. What if we could be in our bodies, sense our muscles and our movement, maybe sort of as a peripheral understanding and sensing awareness of our physical selves while we're in the world, 
What if we could really be grounded in our body and our awareness of our body and have that inside to out perspective on the world? Just a thought. Deb Arthur's contact information is going to be in the show notes, of course. And next is Liz Sumner. Liz recognizes the value and even the necessity of being productive. She just looks at it a little bit differently. Hi, I'm Liz Sumner, and I work with women who struggle with motivation and who long to feel a sustained sense of accomplishment. My goal is that you'll leave here with a sense of your own power and ability to lead a productive life based on your own definition of what that is. So I became interested in productivity because I grew up thinking I was lazy. I wasn't wired the same way as my sisters. They were whirlwinds of activity. So today I'm really talking to those of you who often find yourself saying, I should be more productive. You say it when you're staring at something that you didn't do or you think about something that you just can't seem to get around to, or you see the same things on your to-do list week after week. That's actually another way of saying, I'm doing it wrong. I should be better, I should be different. I'm not enough. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't find that kind of self-talk very motivating. It is not useful. It doesn't help me move forward. It just makes me feel bad about myself. And sometimes you can get so caught up in feeling frustrated with yourself for not being other that you beat yourself up and and it becomes self-perpetuating. Every time you make a commitment to yourself and you don't keep it, you use that as evidence that you're bad, you're wrong, you failed again. Here's what I believe. Productivity comes from feeling good about yourself and what you've accomplished. It's not about willpower or rigid time management rules, and it's not one size fits all. You feel productive because you're achieving your goals at a steady pace. It's not just grit your teeth and with a huge push of willpower, you get a difficult project done. Instead, it's activating your own sustainable momentum and feeling confident that you'll continue making progress, finding your own style of productivity. You're allowed to let go of expectations you've picked up along the way that don't serve you, like I should keep my house a certain way because my mother did, or idle hands are the devil's playthings. You can give yourself permission to stop doing the things that don't energize you, that diminish you. I I love this quotation from William Hutchinson Murray. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth that ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision, 
raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. After listening to her a couple of times now, I recognize how driven I was by guilt for so long and, you know, probably still am to some extent, but I choose to shift that. Day two, Judy Blake opened with what stops you from feeling at ease and man, look around, right? I hope that you enjoy this discussion. And remember, this is just a tiny snippet of the entire presentation, as well as the conversations that followed. I just thought I'd start in the spirit of our What Stops You event with a little share. I coached for many years under the umbrella of a company I worked for in the business world, and then I had a number of years that I was too sick to do anything, and now for many years I've been doing one-on-one coaching. I work with people that have gone through something that has left them in a place where they just can't go back. They can't just go back to what they were doing. They can't just go back to the status quo. They just can't continue on as, you know, in a way that's always been familiar because something has shifted in their life that calls for like a whole new approach. So it seems like that would always be something really big and often it is like a major health crisis that leads to you know new chronic illness or chronic pain but it really doesn't mean that it has to be a big thing it can look like a small thing on the outside but it can have a huge impact on us on the inside and on our lives so i just want to honor that that it's it's all kinds of things that that have us that bring us to this place What can I do to feel alive again and to feel happy again and to feel purposeful again? So that's what I try to help people answer. It's it's really important to honor our bodies and our minds and our emotional centers and take care of ourselves. And for the people that say, I don't have time for that, I'm too busy to do, you know, to stop and do some little thing to help myself, I just want to pose that um, I find with everybody I do this stuff with and myself that I, if I take a moment to do some of these things, then I'm actually more productive and that it, you know, it, it benefits, that the output ends up actually growing instead of it feeling like I've taken some time away from some other activity that seems more, you know, sort of quote unquote productive. This is called, um, something called focusing. I started using it myself and I've started using it with clients now and I just think it's amazing. Focusing can be done virtually anywhere at any time and an entire session can take no longer than 10 minutes, but its effects can be felt immediately. In the relief of bodily tension and psychological stress, as well as in dramatic shifts in understanding and insight. Focusing is about, it's about it's about coming, becoming present in the body, focusing in on the body and, and feeling and listening for what they call in focusing the felt sense. And you'll learn that you, you open up these lines of communication and you have access much more readily and it becomes a very easy thing to do in the flow of your day. 
Thank you, Judy. Jeannie Demers, she's been a guest on this podcast. In fact, all of the presenters have been guests on this podcast in the past. Jeannie helps people figure out what stops them from making the money that they deserve. Listen to how she introduces the struggles and some of the pains that most of us, if not all of us, have experienced. Has anyone heard that phrase or the term um, taking a stand? It's actually jargon that's used in like people saying like, I take a stand for in my business. And the way to answer or come up with what it is that you take a stand for is asking yourself, what is it that really pisses me off? And what is it that breaks my heart? And in thinking about it, for me, it's like what really pisses me off is not having enough money to do things that I really want to do. And what breaks my heart is um, seeing other people have that experience in their life. So it's, it's actually, so when I think about it, what is it that I take a stand for? It's, it's against survival mode and it's for leading the way into the opposite of that, which is thriving. Because I needed to do this work for myself. I am um, historically a chronic under earner And it comes from the fact that I grew up in survival mode, my family of origin, that's just the way things were. And so those were the messages that I got about how life is, how things are for people like us. And that's what I continued to live in my adult life. And super painful. I mean, like the, 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 the work, you know, like feeling like you can work your way out of it. So striving, a lot of striving, but over and over again, never arriving. Or sometimes I would be able to arrive. I would get to the next level, but we have what's called an inner set point. It's just like where you're going to go unless you change it. So go above it, yes, but then come back to it. I couldn't maintain that higher level. So boom, bust was the other thing that I, that I suffered with. And the thing that I came across to help it is emotional freedom technique, which I knew about, but it wasn't until I applied it very specifically to money that I became evangelical about the modality and applying it to money in a very focused, specific way. What my goal is for today is that you will leave here after the exercise that I'm going to take you through with some real aha moments and some some genuinely transformational moments. And maybe you'll feel like, wow, this is like really interesting stuff. And you'll be curious about what it is to take the work further because this is just the tip of the iceberg. So what it is, is also known as EFT, emotional freedom techniques. And with and it's also called tapping because you literally use your fingertips to tap on certain points on your body. And the points that you tap on are meridian end points. So they're, they're powerful points. They're what's used in acupuncture and acupressure. That by lightly tapping on these points, you bring down the stress response. 
And so if while you're tapping on these points, you tune into something troubling, it's almost like it's very counterintuitive. You're going to focus on what's wrong, what's not working, limiting beliefs, a painful memory, challenging emotions. You're going to tune into them while tapping on the points. Why? So that you can like bring that up in your system and the tapping then soothes the system. So it serves to rewire the brain. It uh, accesses the subconscious and that's where limiting beliefs live. But it also, that's on like the, the mind side of things. On the body side of things, it physically releases emotional blocks because those are in the nervous system. Tapping is a mind-body tool and money, as it turns out, is a mind-body issue. And you're going to have the experience of that in the exercise. So we want to appreciate the clarity that we just gained from doing this exercise and ask hard questions. We ask hard questions because they bring clarity and motivation to something that really needs a lot of motivation. It's like, you're not going to change something in yourself without motivation. So the hard question uh, is how long, how long has this been going on? And for me, it was decades. And the other question is how much? How much do you think that this way of operating has cost you? I thank you so much for going so fully into this exercise with me. Mm, thank, thank you, you too, Ms. so much. So are you ready to stop stopping yourself from making the money you deserve? reach out to Jeannie. I open the third day. What stops you from being seen? If you have heard any of these episodes, you know that the question I ask all of my clients and all of the guests on this podcast is, how do you want to be seen? And I still think it's a powerful question. In fact, the more I ask it and hear and watch people respond, the more powerful I think it is. So here's just a little tiny glimpse into my presentation. What stops you from being seen? Imagine in your mind with it, from your group of friends and family, those two friends of yours that you just love being with, that everything about them, you love it. They're just beautiful. They're funny and generous and creative and kind. They're all of those things and you love them. And imagine you were to tell them, I want to gift you a portrait sitting. I want you to see how beautiful you are. And so you hand them the gift certificates and, and they take them and they look down and say, thanks. You can see in their eyes, they're thinking, there's no way I'm ever doing this. But you say, but you're just so beautiful. And you can't understand why they're so resistant. But imagine if the roles were reversed if they got together and gifted you a portrait sitting, how would you feel 
sitting in front of the camera with me creating your portrait. For some people, they might feel like, oh, this is great. But I will tell you, most of the women I work with, it is the former. It is, there is no way I am doing this. And so this is the experience that I have. I work with women and I understand it. I understand the apprehension and the hesitance that goes along with it. But I want you to think about that. What stops you from being seen? And more importantly, what is the consequence of being unwilling to be seen? I'm going to ask you to, to go back to those two friends. And I don't want them to be random people. I want you to really think about those people that you love being with. Why you love being with them and what makes them beautiful. And now remember the time when we could go have drinks together or coffee. So there you are. Picture yourself, the three of you are together having a great time and you just feel full. That way you feel full when you're with them always. And you see somebody coming out of the corner of your eye and they respectfully interrupt and just say, excuse me. And they address one of your friends and say, I just had to tell you, I bet if you weren't so fat, you'd have a lot of friends. And rightly, you're just... Uh, what just happened? And they just turn around and say, have a nice day. And first you attend to your friend and say, well, that was clearly crazy. You know that that's nonsense, right? I mean, for one thing, they don't even know you. And everyone who does know you knows you're beautiful. And so you just try to comfort them and please, let's just move on. But you realize this is, this is nuts. But, you know, you're together, you try to just laugh it off. A few minutes later goes by though, and that friend reaches over and says to your other, that makes me think about it. I bet if you didn't look so old, you would be able to run that business you've wanted to. You'd probably be really good about it. You should do something about that. Well, now things just got too weird. The other person you could just chalk up to being nuts, but now someone you love is saying something to someone else you love that is damaging. And it's especially bad because you know that they love her too. And you're thinking, how, how do I handle this? Do you just let it go and say, well, you know, everybody has a right to their own opinion. It's unlikely. Would you say, well, maybe she's right. Maybe she could be successful. She didn't look so old and, well, you know, a little fat. We wouldn't, we wouldn't allow it. We would not dismiss it. We would correct it because we know not only is it wrong, it's damaging and we wouldn't allow that. But how many of us hear those same words said to ourselves by ourselves? How many of us look in the mirror and say those things, or maybe in those moments when we have great ideas and we're doodling them down and we're thinking of a business we want to do, do we stop and say, what am I thinking? I'm way too old. Maybe if I lost some weight, but nobody's gonna take me seriously. And maybe the words aren't even formulated that clearly, it's just this feeling that we have. So then do you see how the question not only how do you want to be seen, but what stops you from being seen is so important. What would you say to those friends? 
would you be able to say that to yourself? We wrapped up the third day with Judy Fine. Judy Fine is a confidence coach, a vocal coach, a singer herself, but it's that first, the confidence. She recognizes that without that, it's just hard to move forward. So the question is, what stops you from feeling confident? Enjoy this last part with Judy Fine. Um, I am a vocal and music coach. I'm a performance coach. I'm a confidence coach. I'm also a singer and a performer. I started my journey to music when I was five years old. Um, but despite my early start and despite despite my successes, um, despite how easy music came for me, despite how my middle school teacher when I was in high school would take me down to the elementary school to help him teach the younger kids, despite nailing auditions and being in all county bands and having solos and then going to music school and college and uh, eventually getting a master of music degree. Despite all of that, still, as I went into my 30s, I had severe performance anxiety and I felt like an imposter. So the things that I had to do to improve my own vocal confidence, to improve my performance confidence and to deal with performance anxiety, those became my passion for helping other singers and performers. And then as time went on, I realized that the kinds of things I was doing to help these people be more confident in their performances were valid in all parts of our lives because everything is a performance. An interview for a job is a performance. Asking someone on a date is a performance. Everything we do, talking to a difficult parent um, voicing disagreements among a group of unlike-minded people. These are all kinds of performances. And when we don't have performance confidence, it, it impacts our ability to succeed in life. Um, obviously, I can't unpack all your confidence dreams in a half hour or so presentation. Um, but I do want to leave you with a, a, a possibly broader definition of what confidence really is. So confidence, you'll notice that when I write confidence in this presentation, I have a capital C, and that's not a typo. Most of the time when we use the word confidence, we connect it to a specific skill set or a specific knowledge set, kind of like what I was saying about self-esteem. It's usually tied to a specific skill set. I'm not confident in my ability to do math. I'm not confident I know the answer to your question, something like that. And that is an accurate use of that word, but that is not the kind of confidence I'm talking about. I'm talking about capital C confidence, the kind that when it's done right, leads to self-reliance and self-respect and empowerment. And to me is the key to genuine success and happiness. So here's my definition of confidence. Knowing who you are, how you need things to be, and being able to voice both without fear, regret, backpedaling, or anger. And incidentally, this definition, knowing who you really are, how you need things to be, and being able to voice both without fear, regret, backpedaling, or anger, is also my personal definition of freedom. Do you deserve to feel confident? Does the thought of deserving to feel confident, do you feel like that's wrong? <laughs> Does it feel awkward in you? Which is another way of saying, do you deserve to speak your true voice? And so this is what I have found to be the biggest obstacle between a person and that confident 
person inside of them, a lack of deservedness. We have this idea that confidence is some kind of gift you receive after you've proven that you're worthy of it. Instead of just knowing that you deserve to feel good about going after something right now, even if you haven't mastered every aspect of it, even if you make mistakes, even if other people are, are witnessing those mistakes. And I'm happy to have a chat with anybody about what's going on in your life and your confidence related goals, whether there's no obligation to become a, a coaching client. I'm just happy to do that. So if you want to talk to me about that kind of thing, you can go to my website and contact me through there. I'll say it again, five coaches in three days, plus myself. It was quite an expenditure, I think, of energy, but it was wonderful. It was equally wonderful to have the guests be such an intricate part of the presentations, expressing themselves and opening themselves up to such vulnerabilities, responding to the presentations. And we, as a group, are very grateful for all of you who attended. And we look forward to working with you going forward. As is so often the case with these events, and now with Zoom, and of course, with a worldwide pandemic, it feels as though these events are kind of everywhere. So we, we wanted to figure out what can we do to make this experience a little bit different. And we knew that following up would be important, but that's not really different. So we asked, how can we follow up? How can we continue the conversation? And I drifted back to something I started way back about a year ago when the pandemic first began, and that was a virtual roundtable discussion. And that's what I'm going back to. As a result of working with these women, listening to the responses of all of you who attended, I recognized that dealing with issues one at a time can be so powerful. Not only do we get the focus that's necessary so we, we can help each other to avoid being distracted and kind of bop all over the place, but we have the support of one another. And so very soon we're going to be starting a roundtable discussion. The first of which is going to be based on Judy Fine's presentation, that of confidence. If you are a woman in business, if you are a person in business, and you struggle with that imposter syndrome, I know that term kind of came around a few years ago, but for those of us who have struggled with it, it felt kind of like a beacon. We understood immediately what that meant. And if you want to get rid of that, I invite you to join us in the roundtable discussion. Now, this is not going to be a traditional network group. In fact, it's not at all a network group. We will be businesses. We will, of course, work with anyone that we fit well with. But the goal is not just to hand out electronic business cards. We are not there to practice our elevator speech. We will be coming together to discuss the importance of, the power of confidence, why it's so difficult, and what are some very specific practical tools that we can put into place so that we can overcome the things that get in our way. If you're interested, please make sure that you email me 
and we will put you on the list. It will require registration, but of course, there will be no charge. We are creeping up on one year under COVID's hold. It's been a rough year for a lot of people, but I will say I am so, so grateful that during this difficult time, I've had the opportunity to work with some really extraordinary people. And I welcome any of you to reach out and talk about how you want to be seen. Before I go, I will, as I always do, ask you to please consider how you're doing and how those around you are doing. Please be safe. Please be kind. And always, always, thank you for listening.